Hi, I'm Dr. Thomas McGinn, the Executive Vice President for the Physician Enterprise. And today is Monday, April 25th. Welcome to the five-minute check-in. As always, we have a lot to cover. First, we're going to go over COVID and Omicron across the United States and here at Common Spirit Health. Two articles we're going to discuss today. One article on cardiac surgery, and we have a special guest joining us to have a fuller conversation on that. And second, we have a publication in the New England Journal published by our own team in population health. So I'm really excited to talk about that. We're going to talk briefly about Earth Day and the work that we're doing here at Common Spirit. And last, we're going to review some of the Physician Enterprise Vision Awards and congratulate those winners once again. So let's get to it. So as the virus continues to evolve, we expect to see many new variants emerge, as you can see in this graph. These are subvariants of the BA2 Omicron variant, and these tend to spread more quickly. And as you can see here in the seven-day average, the number of new cases is actually up 35%. And actually, we have an uptick in hospitalizations across the United States. The good news is that in the mortality is at the lowest it's been, around 375. That's still a large number, and we are slowly approaching the 1 million mark. So the message to everyone is still the same. We need to make sure that our patients are getting vaccinated. Those that are vaccinated need to get boosted, and we need to pursue patients to get that second booster for the elderly folks and those with comorbidities. In this graph, you can see even today, the mortality rate among the unvaccinated is 10 times that of the unvaccinated. So we still have a job in front of us. So joining us now uh, to discuss that New England Journal article that I mentioned at the top of the show is Dr. Adam Harmon, who is a cardiothoracic surgeon at Dignity Health Sequoia Hospital. Adam, thanks for joining us and discussing this, this uh, publication, which was in my mind, as an intern, is a massive study. I, and I guess we're here to hear from you what you think the implications are. So first, give me a little lowdown, like what happened in this study? What, what exactly did the uh, authors do here? Well, basically, it's a well-done large study. It's about prospective international cohort study that involved almost 14,000 patients looking at uh, preoperative and then uh, postoperative high-sensitivity troponin-1 levels to ascertain if somebody had myocardial damage intraoperatively. And what was the bottom line on that? Because I know people measure this and there was a discussion that maybe we've been looking at a number that's too low to determine whether right. somebody had post-operative. Well, uh, compared to historical um, recommendations, which one could argue are somewhat random, um, the study showed that the troponin, the high sensitivity troponin-1 levels uh, needed to affect a 30-day mortality uh, were much, much higher. And they were in the order of, uh, what, 250 to 500 or something to that effect? Where, whereby it was previously recommended that you use the anywhere between 10 and 70 range. Yes, it was about 250 to almost 500 range. Yeah, so so very different than what, what we've been doing. So as a, as a busy surgeon, like what are the implications of this to you? And what might you tell your colleagues? Does this change anything? Is it interesting? Uh, more information needs to come. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, we responsibly do everything we can to avoid myocardial damage already. So it's hard to understand uh, uh, having an actionable item intraoperatively. Um, but it certainly is something worth following and worth knowing as a predictive factor for 30-day mortality. Do you think there's anything you might do differently if you have these super high troponins, you know, post 
you know, post-surgery that's going to make management different or not yet? Well, I think that those patients that had the ultra high uh, troponin levels likely clinically presented themselves in uh, trouble post-operatively. And uh, obviously you're going to treat them with extra care and kid gloves and everything you can to get them through. So I don't know that this in particular would change anything. What it would change is it correlates with echocardiographic data, if it correlates with performance data, um, certainly would help to uh, inform the patient in a better fashion as to what happened during the time of the surgery. So, you know, thanks, Adam. It, it's a massive trial, very interesting results in, in the sense of, you know, the numbers are much higher than we thought in order to predict, you know, mortality. Um, how, do, how does this impact you as a practicing cardiothoracic surgeon? And how would you talk to your colleagues about this going forward? Well, it's interesting because historically we used to measure biomarkers and we no longer do because right. uh, I, I, we didn't think that there were actionable items that we could uh, draw to it. How do we decrease our 30-day mortality is a question that I would like to have answered. And if this can be linked to intraoperative technique, cardioplegia solution, or any other methodology that could help us to lower our 30-day mortality, then I think that it would be far more impactful. Right. That makes sense. I mean, if there's nothing you really can do about it, maybe it's not that useful. But my guess is this is a massive study. I happen to know PJ, the, the senior author. I bet there's going to be more coming. Sure. So I guess we, we maybe have you back again to discuss this with us to see what the future uh, results look like. But Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Great conversation and really, really appreciate your time. Absolutely. My pleasure. So next up is a publication in the New England Journal by our own team in population health, led by Dr. Nick Stein. They did a very interesting analysis of a relatively new medication, a VEGF inhibitor for the treatment of macular degeneration. The original medication is relatively inexpensive at about $90 per therapy. The other two medications are upwards to $2,000 and all three have the same efficacy. In their analysis, they demonstrated that if we increase the amount of the original medication to 75%, Medicare could save close to $2 billion annually. So this article tells me two things. One, Common Spirit Health can be a thought leader. And number two, we can actually change the way healthcare is provided in the United States. So congratulations to the team in Population Health. And now onto a lighter note. Earth Day, which we celebrated last week. Since March of 2020, our Common Spirit Health physician enterprise providers have conducted over 2.3 million virtual visits, reducing greenhouse gas emissions by more than 22,000 metric tons and save patients an estimated 6.5 million in gas expenses. This is incredible to think about and congratulations to the entire team for continuing to embrace virtual visits. Not only is it a convenient way for our patients to see us, it also benefits the environment. Finally, last week at the Physician Enterprise Summit, we recognized for the first time the annual winners of the Physician Enterprise Vision Awards. And I'm going to recap those winners with you right now. First up are the Compassion winners. This is an amazing demonstration of kindness and compassion from these winners, as well as clinical excellence. Next. Inspiration. These winners did some incredible things this past year to positively impact our people and our clinical care. Next, innovation. This was recognizing a new mindset, method, idea, or product that accelerates our vision and improves clinical care. 
Patient experience. These clinics have the highest performing and most improved Presgany scores. Quality. These are the leaders in our management of hypertension and diabetes. And finally, our overall academic winner was a publication that looked at genetic disorders and cardiac disease management. Congratulations again to all those who were nominated and all those who won. It is a privilege and an honor to celebrate you and to serve alongside of you. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you in two weeks at the next 5-Minute Check-In.